Welcome to the Missing Chapter Podcast, where you will hear some of the least known, obscure, and entertaining stories the history textbooks left out. Starring Phil Horander and Phil Schaff. History can be understood in a good novel. It can be taught by good storytellers. It can be visualized by good documentaries. But the sacredness can only be felt by experiencing the site firsthand. We have had the opportunity and the blessing to visit many historic sites around the country and around the world. And in these summer months, why not take the time to visit historic locations that will not just entertain, but will educate? Our goal in this podcast, and of course in our profession, is to do both, educate and entertain. So today we bring you the top five, the Phil's top five historic places to visit this summer. The car is packed. Jump in. Let's go on a summer road trip together on the Missing Chapter podcast. In season two, episode 29, happy birthday to who? I told the story behind the iconic song that has become synonymous with birthday celebrations around the world. And you've heard Phil and I wish our loved ones happy birthday on past episodes of The Missing Chapter. Now, we want to extend that on-air shout-out opportunity to you, our loyal listeners. Email us at themissingchapterpodcast at gmail.com or reach out to us on Facebook or Instagram and let us do the rest. Birthdays, anniversaries, graduations, what better way to celebrate life's accomplishments than with a personalized message on one of Spotify's most popular podcasts. So email us today at themissingchapterpodcast at gmail.com or message us on social media and let's get started. I'm Phil Schaff. And I'm Phil Horner, And we look forward to adding one of your celebrations to the History Podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Missing Chapter fans, welcome back to another episode. I am Phil Schaff here with Phil Horner. Today, before we get into our top five, it's Chocolate Amaretto Utica Coffee Roasting Companies. Uh, milk chocolate, cherry, almond. This is one of my favorite flavors for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, incredibly tasty, but not overpowering or overbearing. I don't know what your thoughts on this are, but uh, one of my favorites. Yeah, it's really good. It smells exactly like a chocolate-covered cherry. Oh, wow. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Yes. And good we call. put... What cream did we use today? Uh, Caramel macchiato. Yeah, Yeah. so a really good combination. And you know what? Coffee tends to taste better when you're on summer vacation. That's true. I don't know if that's the case with with people other than teachers, but I I have a feeling it is. You know, the food tastes better. The coffee tastes better. The podcasts are always good. True. And we're trying to keep up with the times. It's summer. We love doing our top five, and we have a really good list of inexpensive historic places that you can visit with your family in the upcoming months. Yes. And now for mine, at least it's in no particular order. Right. Um, You know, I guess we could have rearranged it so that the number one is number one. However, Mm -hmm. there's so many of these that we could have gone into that um, I think just a randomized top five, I think is the way to go. Yeah. Okay. I agree. 
Uh, I'll let you take the first one. Okay. So you're Phil, number five. Phil, I'm going to the Gettysburg Battlefield. Oh, I, okay. Now, you yeah, know my, my obsessment with anything Civil War, anything Gettysburg related. But the Gettysburg Battlefield, for me, it fits our intro perfectly. Where you said, yeah, you can visualize it. You can watch a Hollywood film. You can watch a documentary. But the sacredness you actually yeah. feel when you step foot in Gettysburg. Now, if you've never been to Gettysburg, there, there's just great elements to this. And it's much, much more than just the battlefield. And by simply going to the Gettysburg Battlefield Museum website, all right, you'll find out a lot of information. For instance, you have to pay to get into the park museum and the mm -hmm. visitor center. It's not a lot. I want to say it's between like 10 and $12 for adults, a little bit less for children. But you have a museum, you have a gift shop, the cyclorama, the 360 degree painting yep. that they do a great you know, narrative on that kind of explains what you're going to see when you're out on the battlefield is well worth the time. The battlefield itself, you could probably do an audio tour. Maybe yep. download a, a separate podcast for that and go from you know station to station. The layout is fantastic. You have tons of memorials and statues that tell you exactly where the regiments were, how those three days in uh, 1863 played out. And it's just, it's, I think every American um, at some point should go there. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, our boys now, Andrew's nine, Nathan's uh, four. I think Andrew's at least at the stage where I don't think he would get as tired as maybe Nathan as a four-year-old would be. But if you're traveling by car and you're going to, uh, around the, the, the various parts of the, the battlefield, you are allowed to get out and walk around. Um, you have to be aware of, you know, you don't want kids climbing on certain things. Right. But it do, does allow some flexibility for some younger families, too. And I listen, this is one of my most favorite um, travel days mm -hmm. as a uh, as a teacher when we took our uh, group of kids about 10 or 12 years ago to Gettysburg. It, it was it was amazing. Um, one of those places where I know we're going to talk about some other historic places here, but one of those places, like you said, as soon as you step foot on any one of the, any part of the battlefield, so you just have there's a feeling it's palpable. Right. That, man, we are walking on on um, hollow ground. You know, it's just it's very, very sacred, very almost like a holy place, you know. Yeah. Um, we will give you a fair warning. Because we have a lot of stories that are uh, right, right. <laughs> involved with Gettysburg in our trip a couple uh, about ten years ago or so. One of them is be aware um, that at Pickett's Charge, if you yes. want to relive history and do Pickett's Charge, be aware that uh, well, there's ticks. Yeah, and tick season <laughs> is is a real thing in Gettysburg. <laughs> we were we were picking ticks off uh, ourselves after going through Pickett's Charge, not being mm -hmm. aware of it. And then someone on the fence saying, hey, hopefully you didn't go through that field, did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, we got back to the hotel and we were picking ticks off ourselves for, for hours. For quite a while. So for quite a while. Fair warning. If you do some of the battlefield, beware. Yeah. Uh, you know, long sleeves, just be aware of what where your surroundings are. Yeah. And just a few more suggestions that I'm going to give our listeners. If you are, and I, I would definitely recommend, you know, watching something Gettysburg related prior to your trip, I would go to Amazon. I would look up what's called the Gettysburg story. It's very, very well done. And it's based around, it's based around the battlefield and what you're going to see when you actually visit. It's narrated by the actor, Stephen Lang, who portrays general George Pickett in the, in the Hollywood version of Gettysburg. It's very well done. Uh, he's been known to actually show up on July 4th and walk around and tour it as a, you know, as a tourist himself. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled for him. The other thing I would recommend 
Um, the, one of the primary roads that runs through the village uh, of Gettysburg is Baltimore Street. Find yourself the Gettysburg Museum of History on mm-hmm. Baltimore Street. Um, it's a small donation to get in. It's a private collection of memorabilia, all history related, not just Civil War. The gentleman who owns it has been on anything from Pawn Stars to American Pickers. His museum is worth the time and is worth the donation. It is absolutely fantastic. And you could possibly overlook it with everything else there is to do. So I would highly recommend that. Absolutely. And one of our favorite experiences, too, is the ghost tour. The I don't know if you're going to mention that. So I yep. maybe I jumped the gun. But no, no, no. Um, one of those things that whether you believe in ghosts or not, that's not the point. It, it's some of the most fascinating stories that you'll get. If, you're, right. if you like storytelling or if you like listening to stories, uh, the ghost tour is one of the most educating and entertaining pieces of, of Gettysburg. Because the tour guides are, are fantastic and incredibly knowledgeable. Um, and you will certainly come away from Gettysburg with, with a lot of stories about Gettysburg. Right. And to build off of what you just said, it, it they tell you more than just ghost-related and hauntings-related yes. history. They'll talk about a lot of the battle that, that ensued downtown, and they'll yep. point things out on, on various buildings. So, no, I'm glad you brought that up, Phil. Definitely, definitely is something, you know, families would enjoy. Yeah, and it's not doubt. terrifying. It's ghost stories, but it's right. in, a, in a very playful way. So even younger kids, I think, would be okay with it. Correct. And I, I do want to mention, we have a lot of listeners uh, on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. So it might be a little, uh, you know, a little driver, a little, you know, short flight, uh, hop on a plane and, and come to the East Coast for this. But I think with some of our top fives, if you made maybe a couple days of it, you could, right. you could see a few sites. Um, Gettysburg would be one of our top. I know this is all randomized. But, uh, you know, we just got an email today, actually, from... Um, someone interested in, in getting an interview with our podcast from California. So if you're a California listener, this would certainly be one of the places you'd want to go. And I'll recommend if uh, I don't want to jump the gun here, if, if you still are talking about Gettysburg, but um, I think maybe if you made the connection, if you're in Pennsylvania, why not go a little bit north and go to New York City to the Intrepid Museum? Because that's that's number five for me. Now, Phil, my, I, you've talked about the Intrepid Museum and your experience there yes. a lot. And admittedly, I mean, being a New York native, you'd think I would have, you know, visited the Intrepid Museum. I've been in New York multiple times. I've never been there. So this is one of those places I've been, I think, three or four times. And there's always something additional that I learn about the museum where I didn't see the first time or the second time even. Um, it's it's fantastic. So if you're not familiar, the Intrepid Sea and Air Space Museum, um, it, it, it's, it's a uh, 1943 former aircraft carrier USS Intrepid. All right. It was fought in World War II, of course, um, and it survived five kamikaze attacks and one torpedo strike. And it's later served in the Cold War, the Vietnam War. It also served as a NASA recovery vessel in the 60s. It was decommissioned in 1974. Um, So it's on the Hudson River. It's the centerpiece uh, of the Intrepid Sea, Air and Space Museum. Now, there's so many facets of this, and this is where I love love this to be uh, part of a summer episode because for me, the, the few times that we've gone has been in the summer and it's it's all encompassing. So you can spend all day there, believe it or not. But you forget that while you're in a museum, you're actually on an, uh, an aircraft carrier. So there's um, there's levels to this museum where you're inside the aircraft carrier. You know, if it's 95 degrees out in New York, you can get inside. You, you know, it's air controlled. Um, then you go up on the top deck and you get to see some of the planes, the decommissioned planes that they used. Um, throughout many different battles. Uh, you get to sit in them. Now, I, I the last time I had gone was before COVID. So you could get into everything. You could 
you know, maneuver and touch everything. I don't know if things have changed since then. So, right, right. you know, beware. But um, there's also other facets of it where they have food trucks there. They have places on the uh, on the shoreline, on the pier where you can walk. And there's even a Concord, uh, decommissioned Concord, British Airways, um, Atlantic Ocean Crossing um, airplane there that you can actually have lunch underneath the wings of the Concord. That's awesome. Uh, pretty amazing. You forget, you're like, oh, this is beautiful shade. And then you look up, you're under the wings of the Concord. And it's nice because you have the areas, um, you know, near the Hudson River, you get to, to eat, uh, uh, you know, drink a cup of coffee and, and eat your lunch or breakfast if you go early. There's also one of my favorite pieces, uh, the submarine growler, mm. decommissioned nuclear submarine, um, which was part of the top secret missile command center. Uh, so that's that's another area, especially at, at my size, 6'6". Six, six. It was very claustrophobic for me to get in there, but it's unbelievable to get yourself into a uh, almost, you know, a very live um active duty submarine where you're, you put yourself in the shoes of some of the sailors sure. out in the seas. So I, I can't say enough about it. A great summer expedition. And it's kind of centrally located. If you're on the Hudson, um, on that side of, of the island, you have all these different areas to go to with a lot of different shops and so forth. So once you make your way to Gettysburg, get yourself into New York City with lots of different uh, venues and, and historic places to see. And Phil, that's only one? That's we only have four more? Five. All four right, more. Let's, let's get to them. All right, Phil, going back to number four now on our list of top five historic summer places to go. I'm going to go a little bit rogue here. Um, it wouldn't be probably on a list of, of most historic places, although there's lots of history, if that makes sense. Okay. Old Forge yeah. is one of our favorite places to go. Um, you know, the village itself was, was erected in 1906, so there's lots of history involved. But there wasn't, you know, it's not like you're going to a historic battlefield. It's not like a Gettysburg sacredness, but you do feel mm -hmm. the old school factories, the um, almost like a cottage industry feel of, of the town. It's it's fantastic. Lots of things to do. You get to go on the uh, historic rail bike, which we love to do. Um, you get to seat, I think, between four and eight passengers on the rail bike. You get to go on the old Adirondack um uh, railroad, which is is pretty amazing. The only thing I would recommend is bring some uh, sunscreen as well as bug spray because you're yeah. going in through some of the most beautiful territory you've ever seen. Um, and you get to put yourself on, on what the old railroad used to be uh, and some of the old steam engines that they still have, which are obviously decommissioned. Um, but it's it's amazing. And then you get to go into the the lake area. The uh, They do now have the water safari, which I'm sure some of you have, our local people have gone to, which is amazing as well. But as far as the village goes, you, you can't get more Adirondacks than Old Forge. Oh, it's I would a have great to agree. place. And one of the things I've been to Old Forge a couple of times myself, I can remember as soon as uh, it becomes evening, right around six o'clock, the deer move in. Yes, and I've that's true. honestly never seen anything like this. This phenomenon, it's just the number of deer outnumbers the number of people in Old Forge. Yeah, yeah that's uh, true. At night, they're just everywhere on people's they're lawns, right. in you know, in the road, and it's like they're completely fine with with the people around if you're into camping if you're into country if you need maybe you're a, a city dweller you're in the urban area all the time and you just want to get away mm -hmm. into an adirondacky feel uh campsites or so forth this is the place to go right and you have your mom and pop shops you have candy stores you have fishing areas you also have you can rent boats and kayaks it's i can't say enough about old forge it's about 45 minutes to an hour north of utica if you're familiar with central New York, but it's a great place to go. So Old Forge obviously holds an important and, and a special place with your family. Um, Mystic, Connecticut oh, is where yes. I'm headed with my number two. And, you know, my wife, Erin, and her family are from Connecticut. 
Uh, one of my older sisters, Wendy, lives in Norwalk. We've gone to Mystic now several times, both as a couple and now as a family. Mystic has a lot to do uh, for you know any any family, young and old. Uh, we could talk about the aquarium itself, but mm-hmm. what I was going to highlight is the Mystic Seaport Museum or the Mystic Seaport. Now, if you've never been to the Mystic Seaport, you're right on the water. So, I mean, it, Rhode Island, Connecticut is just fantastic. And you're only down the road from Rhode Island. So the number of beaches around Mystic is also something that you could definitely take advantage of. Mm-hmm. But the museum itself, it's the largest maritime museum in the United States. It's notable for its collection of sailing ships, its boats, recreation of crafts and fabrics of an entire 19th century seafaring village. You literally feel like you're walking back in time when you go into the Mystic Seaport. It is a, a full-blown village that has just been painstakingly meticulously restored. You have reenactors, you have all sorts of shops to go in where they're showing you the different crafts of the tra- uh, and trades of the time, a lighthouse, boats to go on. Um, one of the things the museum was really known for, and I'm, I'm under the impression it's still there, but they acquired the Charles W. Morgan, which was in 1941. It was the only surviving wooden sailing whaler. Wow. So you learn about whaling by actually going on an actual whaler um, you know, from the 1920s and it is a fantastic experience. It's very similar to what you, you kind of recounted with the intrepid. Um, but it was the seaport itself was one of the first living history museums in the U S and it had a collection of buildings and craftsmen to show how people lived. Um, it receives about 250,000 visitors each year. So if you go in the summer, you're definitely going to be part of a crowd. And I will also say it's quite expensive. You're probably looking on average between twenty and twenty-five dollars per person. So, you know, an easy, easy math you're looking at for a family of four, right around a hundred dollars to get in. But it's definitely a full day's activity, and beyond that, everything's included. You know, with that, with that fee, and it's worth it. It's fantastic. So I, I will say, of all the places you talk about, you mm-hmm. go to Kennebunkport, Maine. You do a lot of a lot of trips with your boys and with your wife. Um, the way you talk about Mystic is is very distinct. You have a, a, a glow about you, I yeah. might say, when you talk about Mystic. And it, it's one of those places where I've even told my wife, like, we, hey, listen, of all the times that Phil's mentioned Mystic, we really got to go there at some point. Yeah, so you've it, inspired us. It's got that quaint kind of, you know, New England feel to it, for sure. sure. Okay, so for my number three, Phil, I'm going to stay on the East Coast, but I'm going to head south. Okay. To beautiful, sunny, hot uh, Cape Canaveral. In Ooh. Florida. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk a little bit about the Kennedy Space Center. Now, the Kennedy Space Center is kind of unique in that it's a still functioning, you know, living kind of organism for our space program. But it's also a museum and, and a very large portion of it. Almost 75 percent of it is a is a wildlife refuge. So you get a number of different things when you when you visit Kennedy Space Center. You learn about our space program, past, present, future. You get to tour and see Apollo rockets, some of the older space shuttles from the 1980s. You get to see the launch pad that these, you know, these these things are are launched in. If you're fortunate enough to be there around a launch, which very well might happen in the summer or the later summer, early fall months, you could you know experience that. That's a once in a lifetime opportunity. But it really is just such a crucial point in our history that when you go there. And, and get to see where the shuttles were constructed and get to see really the, the size of, of uh, Kennedy Space Center is really what kind of blew me away, just how large everything is. 
but the guided tours, the self-guided tours are fascinating. And it just, it really gives you the grand scope of the space program as a whole. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's always, it's always been a place that I really mm-hmm. want to go. Um, so one of these days, certainly we're, we're, we're going to go to Cape Canaveral. I, I, it's fascinating to me that, that we've been in space. You look at the moon and you say, how did, how did we get there with such minimal technology with the, the technology? I think we've mentioned in the past, a, a lawnmower, essentially of a present day lawnmower. So right. It's one of those places that I really, I can't wait to get to. You know, and if, if you, if you do visit, you know, Walt Disney World in Orlando, it's less than an hour away. Yeah. Worth it. You know, it's a 45 yeah. minute drive to the coast. It's right, you know, North of Cocoa beach. So it's definitely in an area. It's not like separated from everything else. It's right there, you know, for you to take advantage of. Absolutely. Um, that's a great one. Here's my next one. Um, I got to go with the nine 11 exhibit. Oh yeah. Uh, once again, here we are on the East coast, another New York, uh, exhibit, but it just, it's one of those areas that it, it, I know it's kind of a New York thing, but at the same time, it's, it's certainly a uh, national monument. Absolutely. Uh, and it's one of those places that we mentioned with Gettysburg. As soon as you take uh, a step in, it's almost like you have this, it's holy ground, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting about this is you have the hustle and bustle of, of New York City. Um, the noise is just constant. As soon as you get into this exhibit, you see the footprints of where uh, the Twin Towers were and automatically you hear the silence um, and it's just this somber, reflective, respectful silence around the area um, that you can certainly feel. As certain people have said that the, you know, the oxymoron, that the silence was deafening and it, it, it is. It's, it, it's very, it's very powerful, very yeah. powerful. Um, the exhibitions, though, are, are fantastic. There's rotating um, imageries. There's a core exhibition. There's special exhibitions. There's rotating galleries. There's 110,000 square feet of space. And the last time I was down there, they had some small exhibits because Tower One was actually still being built. So it's been a minute since I've been there. But um, I'm telling you that the museum is fantastic. They have memorial exhibitions. Um, They have the Towers Rising exhibition, which shows you the history of how the towers were built. Uh, I can't say enough about it. So there's all sorts of things that that are, are tactile too so you can you can touch some of the artifacts you can see some of the twisted and melted metal um they do a really really good job of archiving all of the history and the feeling of that of that day which is hard to believe 22 years ago at this point all right phil i hate to do this again we're going east coast going back to pennsylvania hershey park okay this is one of those places where um it's a great spot for kids it's a great getaway. Um, obviously, the, the Hershey Park itself, um, you know, roller coasters, all sorts of rides, that kind of stuff. That That's awesome. The village itself, though, is so historic. And if you have the chance to stay, it's a little more expensive um, than some of the other hotels outside of Hershey Park itself. But the Hershey Hotel is, is, is unbelievable. And some of the history that's involved there, um, I think... Uh, once again, the expense of having breakfast at Hershey Hotel, I think sometimes it's it's worth it. If you get a day, do breakfast there because there's a there's a round room. Mm-hmm. And Milton Hershey, being the philanthropist that he was, um, didn't want anyone feeling like they were they were set apart from anybody else. Um, didn't want someone to feel like they were put in a corner. So the purpose of the round room is to make sure that everyone's feeling welcome and everyone's feeling at home. Um, so if you get a chance... Go to Hershey Park and, and explore the, the villages. There's a museum. Um, they do an incredible job in the museum itself 
of not just the, the history of, of Hershey chocolate itself, but the village and the upcoming um, events that are coming up this, this next summer and also the, the building blocks of the village itself. So it's a fantastic place to go, especially if you have family. Now, Phil, I've never been to Hershey Park and you've talked about it quite, quite a bit. How many days do you think in order to appreciate everything between the museum and the amusement park and, you know, the surrounding village, how many days do you think you, you should a lot? I would say three? two to three days. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You could probably get it done in two or three days. Um, the village is great and it's all walking distance from everything. So that's another perk, especially in the summertime. But yeah, you could, you could spend an entire day at the park uh, and then go explore the villages, uh, you know, when you get done being nauseous from the roller coasters. And there then, you go. Um, explore some of the museums after that. And there's a, bot uh, a botanical garden there too um, with a butterfly exhibit. There's just lots to do at Hershey Park. Great. Now you talk about a park, Phil. I'm going to take you to a different park for my number four. The National Baseball Hall of Fame and of Museum in Cooperstown, New York. And if you are a, an avid follower of our show, you've heard us talk about Cooperstown. Canajahari, New York is located, you know, about a 30-minute drive from Cooperstown. Cooperstown is one of these towns where, you know, the, the, the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield, that's a large city. You have Canton, Ohio is kind of a, a larger city. Cooperstown, New York is not a large city. In fact, it's, it's quite small and it's just this quaint, nice upstate New York um, village. And it's located right on Otsego Lake, which is beautiful. The museum is fantastic. Yes. I would argue it's the best pro sports museum in the country. And I know what you guys are thinking at home. What if I'm not a baseball fan or I don't like baseball? I would argue that the Baseball Hall of Fame is really more of an American history museum than it is a museum of baseball. You have anything from the civil rights movement traced through Jackie Robinson and some of the earlier players of color. You have uh, the popular Diamond Dreams exhibit, which pays homage to female players, executive and commentators, and talks about know really what uh, a league of their own that movie was based mm. on you can visit double day field i mean anything baseball related but really american history related there's a reason this is america's pastime and america's sport and the museum does a fantastic job of walking you through all of that with exhibits that are just amazing yes from babe ruth to lou gehrig to ted williams the stuff they've compiled their collection um is is nothing short of incredible and it, it's uh, it's also a very historic town um itself and if you're in the area and you're you're, you're exploring cooperstown and you you come out of the hall of fame go check out the fenimore art museum right. go check out the farmer's museum which is only a, a couple miles down the road so there's lots of history to explore even outside of the baseball hall of fame right and, and you said it i mean cooperstown after the author james fenimore cooper so there a lot go. of references to last of the mohicans and the characters that he wrote in his books <laughs> The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Okay, Phil, for my last one on my list, I'm going to take us north. Um, you mentioned this uh, this community earlier on. Um, our family have, have always enjoyed Kennebunkport, Maine, mm. um, which, you know, from, from where we're located in upstate New York, it's about a four-hour drive. 
Kennebunkport is something like out of a, a Norman Rockwell painting. It's such an amazing coastal town in, a, in just a beautiful setting right on the ocean. One of the places that, that we really enjoy going to is the Seashore Trolley Museum. And it's a little bit more kind of obscure. I, I, I mean, I just talked about the National Baseball Hall of Fame. So this might be something that people have never even heard of. It's not even on their radar. There's a satellite campus for this museum in Lowell, Massachusetts, too. So, so some of you in Massachusetts might be familiar with that one, but maybe not the one in Kennebunkport. It is absolutely a phenomenal museum. It's based around omnibuses, electric streetcars, buses, uh, rail liners, transit cars, anything really train-related, trolley-related. It, it walks you through the technology, the different designs, they have a collection of trolleys that kids can climb on. They have rides. I know in October we go up uh, for Columbus weekend and they have um, one where you actually go out to a pumpkin patch and pick the pumpkins. Huh, yeah. But it's really, it's the technology behind this early form of transportation. Our kids love trains, so this was ideal for them. But as somebody who just enjoys museums, it's a different sort of museum. It's about the technology. And really it was something I wasn't as, as read up on. But this museum is is so massive. Um, they just received a very large grant, and they're doing a lot of updating. They're doing a lot of re uh, renovating, and it is really, really just a fun museum to walk around. And there's just something to see in every turn. You've sold me. So the Seashore Trolley Museum in Kennebunkport, Maine. I'm going to give a plug to them, and, and highly encourage our listeners to check that out. That's awesome. Now I'm going to go a little rogue here. Let's say it's the the dead of summer. Um, we're in a drought, and it's 110 degrees. You want to go somewhere, but you really can't be outside as much. Um, I'm going to recommend you go to the Strong uh, Museum of Play yes. in Rochester, New York. Um, we had uh, our friend Chris Bench come on. Um, for an episode to talk about the slinky which was one of my more fascinating episodes it was it was awesome his knowledge of, of toys is, is pretty incredible um we're going to do a follow-up episode with chris um and maybe even have a surprise guest on uh which will will give you guys a little taste of that maybe in a couple weeks but um i can't say enough about the strong museum um especially if you have younger kids museum of play it there's something for for kids of all ages though i mean uh my kids when, when we went last summer they were five and three um they absolutely love it and it's it's a place you can spend all day and i would recommend uh, getting it or getting right at doors open um and, and that way you can spend the whole day the traffic does get a little crazy in downtown rochester but they do a great job um funneling people into the parking garage and honestly the the history of toys and how it's captivated um people's minds for so long from generation to generation to generation and it keeps evolving i think they do a fantastic job of going through the history the decades of of toys very primitive to the most technological um and there's there's bits and pieces of the museum as you're walking through you're like oh i didn't realize there was another portion here and another yeah. portion here it, there's just layers upon layers of uh, of of play that you can get involved in whether you're um, a young kid a teen or an adult they also have a butterfly exhibit um, as well, which is, is fantastic, too. So I can't recommend the Strong Museum of Play enough. Um, I know we're, we're sticking to the New York trend here, but this is it's one of those places you really got to check out. Welcome back to the Missing Chapter podcast. Uh, we hope you guys are having a great summer. We hope you enjoyed our list of you know places you might consider visiting this summer, educational, uh, yet also entertaining. Um, Phil. 
I love to talk about traveling. It's, it's one of my, when I reflect on my, my own childhood, you know, car rides with our parents and family vacations was a big part of that. But, um, you know, this has been an enjoyable uh, podcast for us. And I think, you know, in classic missing chapter podcast form, we have some extras. We have some bonuses for our listeners. Yes. Um, so I think I'm going to give you a, a kind of a, a bonus of a bonus. Um, because there are certain places that I, I you have to mention, especially locally, New York area. Uh, Niagara Falls being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, obviously a very historic place and, and just an incredible marvel. So if you've never been, um, whether you go to the Canada side or the United States side, both are, are equally uh, as, as admirable. I think the Canada side might have a little more tourist attraction um, if you end up going, but that's fantastic. I know we mentioned uh, the Intrepid Museum and, and the 9-11 Museum. If you're in New York City, make your way over to the Rockefeller Center. Now, notice I didn't say the Empire State Building. And the reason why is I think a hidden gem in New York City, if you want to see the skyline in all of its glory, um, you'd want to see the Empire State Building. Mm-hmm. So to do that, go to the Rockefeller Center. You go up to the, I think it's like the 110th floor. It's something insane. And there's uh, three levels that you can explore. Um, they even have a, a cafe up there. You can hang out on a nice day. And then you get to see at the Empire State Building. So I think that's probably one of the best views in, um, in New York City uh, that you can get. And of course, Statue of Liberty. Why not visit the Statue of Liberty when you're there? I have yet to be there. I, I've yet to go, I, which is shocking as a history teacher that I've yet to go. We've had... Um, you know, plans to go and then something falls through. It's just been one of those things. Um, the last one I'll give you is uh, the Boston Harbor. Mm. Boston Harbor is one of those where I think it, it, it there's so much history going on. Um, they do tours all the time. They do walking tours. They do podcast tours. It's, it's fantastic. The last two places I have yet to be, I, I'd love some um, uh, feedback from our listeners on this. My, my sister lives in Kentucky. Um, so hello to the Kovach family. But the Creation Museum in Kentucky is something um, as, a, as a believer that I, I really want to get to. And it, there's a uh, place just, uh, I think it's about 40 miles south, maybe it is, um, that is the Ark Encounter. They, they built a real-life Noah's Ark. I've always wanted to go there. And if you go to Bowling Green, the Corvette Museum. Mm. And we're going to have someone come on uh, the podcast a little bit later on uh, to talk about uh, the Corvette and the history of that, too. So those are my bonuses. And I Probably should have limited it to just one, but I couldn't decide. No, 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 no. And I'm, I'm going to throw in a suggestion for our listeners who might be visiting New York City and they want to get a nice view of the Statue of Liberty. Very few things in New York City are free. True. In fact, it's not that they're, they're not free. It's they're expensive. The Staten Island Ferry is free. Ah. The Staten Island Ferry, you can literally get on, travel you know, over to Staten Island, get off, get on the next one and come back. It's completely free. You get amazing views of Manhattan, the Brooklyn Bridge. And the Statue of Liberty. So the two things I'm going to throw in is my bonus, Phil. Another local one, Saratoga Battlefield. Now, the Saratoga Battlefield, we know Saratoga was really the, the crucial turning point or one of the crucial turning points in the American Revolution. It convinced the French that we could possibly pull this revolution off, and, and they came in on our side. The Saratoga Battlefield is massive, but it's very well manicured. It's very well laid out. It's different than Gettysburg Battlefield. It's a very much... Um, hop on your bike and go. Yeah. And it's great for families. You can make it a short, you know, they have turnoffs. If you're, if your family's getting tired and they're ready to go back to the car, take this turn off. If you're still raring to go and you're still, you know, full of energy, keep going, but you can stop. There are things that you, 
you can listen to along the way. It's just a beautiful, informative battlefield. And also, if you're in Saratoga, you have the oldest domestic racetrack, you know, for <laughs> horse racing, you know, in the United States. And if you've never been to a horse race in Saratoga, I would highly recommend it. Saratoga has just a beautiful, very posh downtown. Um, and the racetrack is, is certainly something that, um, you know, is, is just a fun experience. To, it, to do at least once in your life. We've talked about those those areas having a feel. Saratoga has a has feel. Has a feel to it, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's just a short drive north of Albany. The other one, Phil, I know we experienced together. And we've concentrated on the East Coast. We're going Midwest to the city of Chicago and the Willis Tower. Oh, yes. Now, the Willis Tower, we had the opportunity to go to when we were in Chicago for a, a social studies conference a couple of years back. Um, it's 110 stories. And one of the things you're going to want to do, all right, and this is not for the light of heart, is they have a what's called a glass ledge. And the glass ledge is exactly what it sounds like. Um, you have to get tickets. You're allowed to go out of the glass ledge, I believe, for like two to three minutes just mm -hmm. because there's a line and they want to keep things moving. But you step out 110 stories over. Uh, the metropolitan area of Chicago, and you are enclosed in glass. The floor is glass. The walls are glass. The ceiling is glass. It feels like you're floating. It's an uneasy feeling, but it's definitely, again, something to uh, experience. And, and you were not a huge fan of this, I, was, I know, or, but you overcame that, Phil, and you yeah, did it. I, I don't like heights. No. Um, I was nervous on the way up. I was nervous while I was staring out the window, looking at this glass ledge. People were enjoying themselves, and mm -hmm. here I am. I'm, I could barely walk down there. It was like frozen solid. Um, but once I got out there, I was, I was right. enjoying it. And then I saw a helicopter go by, which made me unnerving. And we were the same level. We were right. at eye level with helicopter. It was crazy. And we did it in the evening hours, which I think was kind of neat, too, yeah. because you got a really nice view with the lights on. And it, it gives you a different perspective, literally and figuratively, of Chicago. So that's another suggestion we're going to make here at the Missing Chapter podcast. But regardless of what you do, where you go, have a happy, safe uh, summer vacation 2023. And certainly... Keep listening to the Missing Chapter podcast. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, I'm Phil Schaff. And I'm Phil Hornder. Another chapter has been added to the history textbooks.